Hello, and welcome back to One Conversation, the podcast where we believe one conversation can change a life. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a moment to hit the follow button. Also, give us a rating. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, lovely listeners. It's Lisa here. I'm alongside my lovely co-host, Colin. And today we have a very exciting guest with us. Uh, I'll just say that I cannot personally wait to jump into this conversation. Our guest today is a psychotherapist that specializes in the neurobiology of chronic stress and trauma. She has some really effective, also really cool and innovative approaches to therapy for trauma, which we're going to get into a little bit later. But let's go ahead and welcome Maddie Bishop. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Maddie, the joy is all of ours on this side. So thank you so much for being here with us. But we always start off with a few fun questions before we jump in, just to kind of give us and the listeners um, a little chance to kind of get to know you. So my first fun question for you is, if you could have one superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I feel like I always either go for speaking every language on Earth or teleportation. Because, yeah, I'm not from here, so it would be nice to kind of, yeah, jet back to the UK for, for lunch <laughs> or something. That first one made me so happy because that's always my universal answer for that question. And I'm like, I've never heard anyone else with that answer. I'm like, Maddie, I'm we're on the same level, you and I. I like it. Yeah, I love that answer. That's so, um, I, I feel like we've interviewed so many people and that question, that answer has never come up. And I'm like, that's the right answer. I, I, yeah. I wish I had said that on my episode. <laughs> <laughs> They're all good answers, Colin. All, all answers are good answers. But yeah, no, that, that one spoke right to me. Love that. All right, our second fun question, and we ask this to every one of our guests here on the pod. If you could have lunch with anyone throughout time, it could be fictional, non-fictional, who would you have lunch with and why? Mm, that's a good question too. I feel like I would either go Mary Oliver, the poet who passed away, I think last year, just because I love her work. Or to be honest, it would probably be like, yeah, a bunch of friends from the UK just to like, have lunch today rather than having to take that that long haul fly. And yeah, I'm seeing them next week. So that's exciting for me. That's awesome. Are they going to Tahoe or are you going to the UK? I'm going to Europe. I'm going to Spain next week and meeting some friends there. Yeah. That's awesome. Very happy for you. Um, so let's dive in. And this is probably going to clear up some of the questions I was just kind of teaming to ask you just after those answers. But I know from reading your bio on your website, you've done a lot of traveling, a lot of relocating, obviously, say you're from the UK, um, you know, in the, in the meanwhile, you were getting your degrees and then later on starting your practice in South Lake Tahoe. So I would just love for you to start us off by telling us a little bit about your life, about your background, and just what led you on the path to getting into the work that you do now. Yeah, this is a, a career change for me. So yeah, as you can tell from the accent, I'm not uh, from America. I grew up in England, um, have always been interested in, I would say, like human behavior and decision making. But I like to say that I went more from the macro to the micro. So I kind of studied history, public policy, and then worked in advertising and branding. So still thinking about 
people and, and what they need and want and how to connect with different audiences, but obviously in a very different context. And yeah, I think as much as I, I loved that career and learned a lot from it, um, there kind of came a time where, yeah, I didn't really want to be selling products so much. And I wanted to take, yeah, that interest in human behavior in a different direction. And that's, yeah, when I kind of came into psychology, I think most therapists also have their own sort of therapy story as well. So that drew me in initially. And then, Mm. yeah, kind of went to personal therapy and was uh, very jealous of my therapist's job, which I thought was a strange (laughs) reaction. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, sort of piqued my interest. So that's when I uh, pursued retraining. Amazing. Um, Yeah. that's actually funny. You you kind of led into my second question. So building on that, um, I see you worked as a brand strategist, right, for many years before pursuing this. Um, I also come from a very similar field of social media marketing, influencer marketing, working with agencies prior to this. And so I was so interested to know what really flipped that switch for you. And it's funny that it was <laughs> your own personal therapy journey. Um, but, uh, but how do you feel that that experience, like I feel like I think about that all the time, right? How does that past experience help color our current work in kind of like human work, you know, people work. Absolutely. I feel like I use it all the time. I feel like the through line, at least to me, is so, so obvious. And I feel it every day just in terms of, yeah, connecting with people. In my old job, I used to do a lot of um, interviews and qualitative research. So I've, I've worked in Vietnam on banking and I've worked with chronic pain in the US. So wow. yeah, and I had the privilege of like hearing a lot of stories and digesting those and then kind of retooling them for different purposes which I think is part of therapy I feel like I use I use those skills and yeah then on a more kind of like obvious or literal level I also do quite a bit of work on kind of career and purpose and I think it's helpful to have had other experiences when Mm -hmm. working with clients on those issues and I do also do some of that work on an organizational level so I get to kind of run workshops with my my co-founder uh maddie plansky we we run kind of corporate workshops around well-being it's not therapy but it's uh psychology informed so i get to kind of yeah combine my worlds and go back into that corporate space as well i love that yeah absolutely and just talking about, you know, different types of therapy, like you were just saying how you're incorporating your past experience. Um, can you talk a little bit about the types of therapy that you offer your current clients? Um, and also, can you talk a little bit about your in nature sessions that I saw on the website? Because I loved that the moment I saw it. So I would love for you to elaborate on what that looks like. Yeah, of course. Um, so I th- yeah, and I think it's great to talk about it, because I think that therapy can be so opaque when you're on the client side kind of yeah what are these different types of therapy what's therapy going to be like like to be transparent even once you're immersed in this world I think it can still be confusing mm-hmm. so um I combine a few different approaches as you kind of mentioned at the top I like to say that I work a lot with neurobiology and the nervous system um kind of around for sure, trauma. I, I was trained at a similar organization to Live Violence Free, so doing kind of trauma-focused counseling, but taking that lens of how is mind, body, brain affected by different events. Right. Broader context with my clients. So I'm working on all sorts of presenting issues from chronic stress to anxiety, relationships, 
um, and kind of, yeah, pulling in different types of modalities. Yeah, I work a lot with the body. I work a lot with kind of self-compassion and, and kind of building different relationships with different parts of ourselves, if you will. Um, and then, yeah, I guess more nuts and bolts. I work with kids, teenagers, adults uh, on an individual basis. And yeah, as you mentioned, I do that in my office in South Lake. I do that via telehealth for, for people across California. And then I do also offer uh, walk and talk, which is, yeah, kind of taking talk therapy out of the traditional office and bringing it yeah into nature we obviously have this incredible environment here in south lake so it's really kind of taking advantage of that and when i do those sessions like yes we are walking and talking but i also like to bring in more kind of mindfulness and, and make use of the setting as much as we can yeah and that's so brilliant you know and i i love the ways now because I think therapy over time, like in today's day and age, it's it's a little more normalized, right? Um, you know, it's something that people feel a lot more comfortable openly talking about that they're going to a therapist, that they're going to a counselor. And I think having all these different ways to make therapy very accessible is like such a beautiful thing to see. Like it takes it out of just that one space, right? You're there, you're laying on the couch, which... Yeah, for some people, they may enjoy that. But for others who may be, you know, a little bit uncomfortable, right, starting that journey, it's like having all these different avenues of how you can approach that, I think is just such a wonderful thing to see. Um, so yeah, I just appreciate all of the work that you're doing, all these different types of therapy that you offer. And so speaking kind of on the trauma side, and you said you were trained in an agency that was pretty similar, uh, you know, obviously, we know from working in the field of domestic violence, sexual assault, child abuse, we know that healing, it's not always that linear process. And that's something we've mentioned plenty of times on the podcast, but we would love it if you could just elaborate on that. Yeah, I love that, that question. I think it's so true, especially, you know, with regards to trauma but even kind of a life hardship or just going through something difficult I think you come out the other side kind of changed by that experience mm -hmm. and yeah whatever healing is, is is individual as well but yeah it's certainly not linear and I often share with clients or in spaces that I'm in that kind of metaphor of the upward spiral the idea that yes we are moving towards healing i.e upwards but right. we might circle back around the same issues or the same sticky points um but every time you do you're kind of you're rising and you have new new resources new perspectives you're not back in the same place even though it is familiar right I really appreciate that um because you know I think as someone who's gone through a lot of survivor myself and just thinking about other individuals out there, you know, thinking about that process when you kind of start to spiral back down to it. Um, you know, I think I have definitely felt a little bit defeated in times like that. I know a lot of people close to me in my life that have shared that with me have also felt kind of just defeated or low by that. And I love that reframing of just thinking about, you know, I'm still rising upward and I'm still not within that space. And I think that's such a powerful and really, really important message for anyone. It doesn't matter if you're a survivor, if you're just going through a hard time to, to really mm -hmm. keep in mind. Um, yeah, that's just a very, very empowering sentiment. So just wanted to like kudos you on that because I was like, I love that. And we also honestly live in such a linear society. I think most of the ways that we learn and the way that things are structured 
is in a linear or binary yeah. kind of work. We're taught to kind of think that way. We're taught to think about time that way. But in other cultures and in other times, there have been more circular ways of looking at the world. And I think those kinds of metaphors can be really helpful in therapy and particularly, yeah, with regards to trauma as well. Absolutely. And speaking of trauma in and of itself, I feel like trauma now, kind of like therapy, right? It's a little more um, mainstream. It's something that it's, it's kind of like a buzzword at this point. Like I see the concept of trauma literally everywhere, especially online. Uh, do you feel like there's any common misconceptions regarding trauma or therapy that you would like to debunk? Yeah, so many, honestly. I could I could talk and talk and and <laughs> yeah. also coming from from England from Britain I don't know how like familiar like a South Lake Tahoe audience will be with like British culture but I feel that we are um, definitely a little bit behind in kind of opening up some of these conversations and there is a bit more stigma around mental health it is changing but maybe not at the same pace in California so mm-hmm. I feel like I personally have unlearn or been exposed to kind of different ways of thinking about that but yeah just to kind of talk about a couple um you know you mentioned like the couch like lying on the couch mm-hmm. I think alongside that is this idea of the this hierarchical relationship right like I'm going to come into therapy my therapist is going to be a blank slate then gonna not give me much of, of who they are it's going to be um, this very kind of Freudian type of atmosphere. It's kind of, yeah, maybe what we've seen. I feel like there are more depictions of therapy on TV nowadays that are a bit more varied, but that yeah. was kind of the, the stereotype, I guess, for a long time. And yeah, this idea that you come in and your therapist is going to, yeah, probably be this older white gentleman who's going to kind of impart their wisdom and tell you what's going on in your subconscious um, I don't think most therapists are working in that paradigm, but I'm certainly not. I hope that most people aren't. Um, I think nowadays and definitely the way I see it is a much more collaborative relationship. And of course, therapy is all about the client. Like it's not there to serve me as the therapist and um, like the relationship and the connection is really important. So I don't see myself as, as a blank slate, um, And then one around trauma that I think comes up for people uh, if they have been through something traumatic and uh, they're coming into therapy maybe to to focus on that. I think that there can be this preconception that they're going to need to really dive straight into that, that narrative of what happened to them and really kind of explore all those details maybe in the intake session, maybe very early on. And um, I guess I bring that up because I want to provide some reassurance that I think um, at least the way that I work and I think lots of other trauma therapists work now is not going to kind of require you to do that, certainly not in the first uh, session. And, And for me, perhaps never at all. Look, I don't think that healing from trauma necessarily, um, like means that you have to you know do exposure with that narrative over and over again and there are other ways to to heal and and work on how that's impacting you so I guess that can be one that can be scary or intimidating for people coming into therapy yeah definitely and I will even admit that I mean I only started therapy um like a few years ago 
And even someone that's like been in the field and, you know, at the time I was like working alongside the therapist of LVF, obviously not like hearing sessions, anything like that, but just kind of familiar with some of the techniques and what they were doing. But when I came into therapy, I I remember driving there my first time and I was like getting myself a little worked up um, because I was excited. But then that started to kind of come across my mind like, oh, my gosh, am I going to have to talk about some really, really difficult things. Um, and it, it got me like just emotional. And then it was funny because once I got there, the conversation could not have been more different. Um, you know, I was expecting to just dump all of this out on her, you know, in that first conversation. And absolutely not. That's not what happened. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm very appreciative because I know for me to have that common misconception, I'm sure a lot of people listening right now uh, may also, and that may be a big roadblock for why they're not choosing to seek that kind of support, right? And, and start their own journey with therapy. So really appreciate yeah. you talking about that. That's real what you shared. And let's be honest, it's a pretty strange situation to like, yeah, rock up at an office and talk about these kind of deeper or more personal issues with what is essentially a total stranger until you get to know them. I think that's absolutely a normal reaction to feel a little bit <laughs> nervous. And, and yeah, I definitely say that to clients when they come in and hopefully that doesn't carry on beyond uh, yeah the first session because hopefully you, yeah, you start to build that trust and that relationship. But mm-hmm. yeah, of course people are nervous. Yeah. I so resonate with um, what you were saying about, you know, the UK maybe being a little behind as it pertains to opening up about this Mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, I, you know, born and raised in New York and Connecticut on the East Coast, you know, for the first, you know, 28 years of my life. And I feel like until I really got to California, um, whether it was LA or Tahoe, you know, California is just so about healing, you know, and everyone here is so interested in that and invested in that and in their personal well-being and connecting with nature and... Um, it's so refreshing um, because I think even, you know, while my friends back East may be, you know, in practice scheduling therapy sessions, sure, you know, it's not as much of a part of like the ethos, the culture of really being here, specifically in Tahoe. Right. Um, and so I've really, you know, similar to you, Lisa, I feel like I've so at LVF, you know, I talked about this in our previous episode, kind of have come into my own openness to therapy. This job has been a therapy to me. This podcast has been so therapeutic to me. So um, it's, I, I love that, um, that perspective. I think that's, it's so, it's such an interesting place we're in, you know, globally as it pertains to therapy. Right. Absolutely. And, and yeah, I don't think talk therapy or therapy in general is like the only avenue for healing either as as you're saying yeah your work can be healing like your community can be healing um hopefully therapy and as a therapist I'm trying to like sort of bolster all of those pieces for people and Mm -hmm. I absolutely don't think it's the only place that you can yeah have growth and, and healing for sure amazing um I just wanted to quick piggyback on that so I know we were talking about trauma and resiliency, and I saw on your site, you know, you really deal with the trauma resiliency model. Obviously, these are words that we talk about all the time at Live Violence Free. Um, and I wondered if you could just expand upon that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So the trauma resiliency model is a kind of trauma-focused, um, very practical version of somatic experiencing, which was founded by Peter Levine. Um, there's some like great books out there that you can read if you're, if anyone is interested, but his kind of central assumption is that, 
uh, trauma is stored in the body and we need to have like a what we call a bottom-up approach, which just means engaging the body and the nervous system to bring more safety uh, to that whole system. We're not just, you know, brains walking around, you know, <laughs> through the world. Um, so, yeah, kind of engaging as like an organism, if you will. And, and his assumption would be that as organisms, we all want to come to a place of kind of balance and safety. And it's how do you kind of, yeah, as you're saying, build your resiliency and tap into skills and bring more safety about so the body can kind of like complete the stress cycle and come back into the state that it wants to be in in terms of that like specific model that's yeah something i was trained at at center for community solutions in san diego which has a very similar kind of mission to live violence free and it really uses some kind of practical skills that honestly anyone can kind of probably teach themselves but i use as pretty foundational uh with clients and it's it's a lot of like tracking sensation in the body and building more safety in the body, um, tapping into our internal resources uh, so that we can, yeah, just bring about that like foundation of, of kind of psychological safety, I guess, and, and learn how to regulate if we are being impacted by traumatic symptoms in the aftermath of an event. Super holistic. I love that. I remember us having a conversation about kind of delving a little bit into uh, trauma in the body and, you know, like trauma-informed yoga and how that could be really beneficial for people. And I shared how my first like trauma-informed yoga class, we did like a hip opener, which our teacher, our yoga teacher instructor was like, oh, you know, you can store a lot of trauma there. So if things come up for you. And I remember like this was like years ago as well. And I was thinking to myself, like, what does that mean? Like things may like come up for me or make it emotional doing this yoga pose. And then I was in it and I started crying and I was like a little bit confused and taken back. Like, wow, I don't know why this got to me. Um, Yeah. And afterwards, I was really thinking about it. And I'm like, I feel like I've just had a lot of things stored. And that was my first opportunity to kind of really get that release. Um, But yeah, it's it's very fascinating. I think the whole subject of trauma, how we store it. Um, And just to the listeners out there, I'm definitely going to get more information from Maddie about that book she was just referencing. I will have that in the description as well. I know I'm also curious to now check that out. So moving on to my next question for you, um, and you talked about this a little bit in the beginning as well, talking about the academic kind of career counseling. Um, I also know just from browsing your services, you have uh, certain services that kind of delve into body image issues. So could you just talk about those different services that you provide? Yeah, I would say I'm not a traditional career counselor. Um and, and what I mean by that is I'm probably not going to sort of deliver you with a, a test. Did you ever do those tests at school where it kind of like, it's like psychometric and it breaks down your interests and it, it tells oh you to God, be a yes. or a clown or something? <laughs> yes, I do. I remember those. <laughs> no shade to those tests, but I feel like people have done those and they can kind of, yeah, do that piece for themselves. And yeah, I feel like my clients, like they know so much about themselves and and they are so resourceful. I see my role as like, if we're talking about, yeah, career or academic counseling, it's taking that whole person approach. So I think sometimes we almost frame it as if when we go to school or go to work, we like put our professional hat on our professional persona. 
but we're the same person we're still still us at the end of the day so for me the same issues that are going to come up in your life are going to come up at work mm. um something that I do focus on quite a bit is is just exploring kind of values and purpose and looking at career as one part of that right I think it can show up in different ways for different people but yeah just providing that space to kind of explore on like a more broad holistic level I guess rather than getting into you know here's how you do x career and here are the steps because I think yeah my clients are so smart and they like have these amazing backgrounds and they can kind of do that for them for themselves but it's helpful to have that space to yeah take a step back and and look at things in perspective um and then like on the body sort of side I would say that I work with a lot of people on their, in general, their relationships to their kind of, their body, like their physical selves. And in particular, how kind of physical health intersects with mental health and that sort of connection between those two. Um, So I work with a lot of folks who experience chronic pain, chronic illness. Mm. Um, And I do also work with people who are maybe yeah, wanting to build a more kind of compassionate relationship with their bodies in terms of, yeah, body image concerns too. And I think especially, yeah, with body weight eating, um, I'm always thinking about systems. I'm always thinking about societal context um, and kind of, yeah, trying to bring that lens in with those kinds of conversations. So I'd say that's kind of how I approach that and definitely from yeah like a health at every size sort of perspective as well yeah which is so amazing to hear um and even just for like those two kind of I'm not gonna call them niche but those different you know subjects that you um provide support for through therapy I just think it's really cool for anyone out there to kind of hear that these are options right if someone is looking for some guidance in their career and how to balance that with who they are um or anything and i like the the chronic pain and things like that on top of just you know some of those other like weight-based body image issues um it's just it's really great just to hear all the options that are out there um and for our listeners to know that there's a lot of different options um in terms of therapy and in terms of support that yeah they can they can seek from a therapist and I think sometimes people maybe just aren't aware and why would they be at kind of the range of issues that you can work on um, in the, like for me, I'm working with people on, yeah, regulating their nervous system connection to self that like shows up in a lot of different ways. Like, um, but you know, other therapists have other niches and, and I always encourage people to maybe if you have time, like interview a couple, um, figure out that fit, that specialty and, and, you know, just make sure that you feel comfortable because especially with the advent of telehealth, you really do have quite a bit of kind of choice out there. Yeah. And I just want to ask you a quick off the cuff question for anyone out there that's listening, that's thinking, all right, you know, maybe, yeah, I would love to go and talk to somebody. I'm feeling inspired too. Um, as far as picking the right therapist or finding someone you feel that connection with, do you have any like tips or advice or like maybe things to look for that the listeners can kind of keep in mind as they are trying to find the therapist for them? Definitely. Um, so first of all, I want to say it is hard and it is confusing uh, for anyone going through that process. Like 
I'm a therapist and when I'm looking for my own personal therapist in the past, like it's still a confusing process to me. It's, there's a lot of jargon. Mm-hmm. Um, there are barriers. It's like yet hard to figure out what to look for. Um, and yeah, there are things that you can sort of, yeah, considerations you can have. Um, obviously finances are going to be a big one. Um, right. Figuring out if you do have an insurance benefit, um, asking therapists about sliding scale you can always have that conversation with therapists they can say no but you can always ask too um and then in terms of yeah we're kind of leaving aside like logistics of like yeah finances and just who's in your area I would say you know if you're not getting recommendations just doing some research online um and then I know it's time consuming and it can be hard to even get through to therapists sometimes but I do encourage talking to a couple or even more on the phone. The vast majority of therapists will do a free kind of consultation call where you're both having a conversation to see if you're a good fit. They're going to ask you questions about what you're looking for. That's also your time to kind of interview them, if you will. Um, You can really ask your therapist a lot more than I think people realize. If there are things that are important to you about their... um, say their stance on certain uh, political issues or like how they're going to relate to certain aspects of your identity you can ask them about that again like they can say no and you can kind of go from there but you're welcome to ask and I think just yeah kind of asking them whatever questions you you think are important um, and then just kind of feeling out if you like when you get off the phone call thinking would I feel comfortable with this person? Mm. Like, do I feel at least like some sense of like safety and reassurance, like even though you've only been chatting for 10 minutes? Because to be honest, like they do so much research on outcomes in therapy and really the only factors that have been like definitively shown to make a difference in terms of, yeah, whether you're going to see that progress in therapy and feel that difference are these non-specific factors around the relationship and the rapport. Right weirdly it doesn't seem to matter quite so much like the approach that your therapist takes in terms of like are they doing cbt or somatic experiencing or many of these hundreds of of models um that we have if you feel that connection um and that rapport and that safety that is so foundational to the whole kind of process yeah thank you for that that is i think great advice to keep in mind for anyone out there that is yeah currently starting that therapy journey so thank you and such a great build on you know us talking about those misconceptions i think you know Mm -hmm. what's being offered you know is just starting to be reflected to us in the media and the culture about Mm -hmm. you know about therapy what it can do for you um you know, I've, I've experienced that myself. I feel like I was on ZocTalk treating it like Tinder. And I was like, who's, you know, who's, who's right for me? Um, so, just you know. swiping through. Yeah. Yeah. Just swiping right. You know? Um, so I, I love everything you said. I think that's so impactful and, and will be so truly useful to all of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking a little different direction here, this is more of a personal question. Um, I saw on your Instagram and your website that you feature a lot of artwork. Um, there was like an owl, a butterfly, a bear. And I was just so curious to know if these were original, if these are symbolic to you. And, you know, I just think it's so Tahoe of you to intertwine, you know, the nature, healing, therapy, the way that you do. And I, I'm just curious about your creative journey and, um, you know, how that also colors your practice as well. Yeah, thank you. Um, those artworks are all by my mum. Uh, so yeah, check her out. 
Bella Bishop Studio. She's just, yeah, in the London Art Biennial. She's really kind of like, yeah, taking off and starting her career as an artist. And she, yeah, is in Tahoe as well. Um, so yeah, those are her artworks. She obviously draws a lot from nature. So that is partly why I kind of include them um, because, yeah, that's like a part of my practice and something that I think is can be really healing and therapeutic for people. And then I do also uh, use creativity and I use... Um, I use art as well in sessions, but I guess by creativity, I mean kind of taking a lens to your life that's like looking at it like a creative enterprise and rather than kind of like uh, something to be achieved or, or boxes to be ticked, I think there's something definitely to be gained from yeah, viewing life as this sort of creative journey or, or enterprise that we're all engaged with regardless of whether you're a singer a, a like sort of an artist or, or doing those modalities but yeah I also do use like art with especially with kids um I do a lot of art therapy so yeah it kind of just pulls those different pieces in awesome yeah we we have a art therapy program here as well that we are working on building and growing so um I love that I think it's you know I was just I really love the work please tell your mom I'm a huge fan <laughs> yeah same um and also listeners I will get info for Maddie if anyone's curious to see the artwork I'll make sure to have those kind of things listed in the description as well you can check out the artwork also see it on the website which we will also have linked down below so please check it out it is very very beautiful artwork but we've chatted about a lot of different therapy approaches things that you do within your practice but I know you have something very exciting coming up in September. And P.S., this totally speaks to my heart because I train Muay Thai kickboxing. And what you're doing, that program is kind of like my little home gym or was my home gym back in Tahoe, kind of where I started my little martial arts journey. So can you share with the listeners regarding your upcoming kickboxing class that you're collaborating on? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I'm co-facilitating a kickboxing group. It's called Building Balance um, Kickboxing for Mind and Body. So it's going to be me and uh, one of the kickboxing coaches, Jacob Garcia, um, co-facilitating that. And every session is going to kind of blend a movement practice like rooted in kickboxing and then also some tools from psychology, kind of therapy land, Every session has a theme. So our first one will be, yeah, around balance and how, you know, how can we like bring balance to ourselves, emotional, physical, spiritual, and, and how that kind of links into martial arts and the philosophy of martial arts. Then we'll be talking about regulation, nervous system regulation, self-compassion, um, imagination and creativity to kind of, yeah, tie back to our last conversation um but yeah we'll be co-hosting that it's starting on september 15th it's going to be fridays 4 till 5 p.m we have four uh, sessions planned at the moment um it's really open to kind of the community it's free of charge and yeah you don't need any kickboxing experience we're going to kind of tailor it so that it, it is open to open to anyone who'd like to come i'd love if you both came i was just going to say, we would love 
to promote that, um, you know, to all of our clients and our staff here at Live Balance Free and, you know, what an amazing opportunity to combine therapy with physical activity in a local way. So, um, yeah, please, please send us that info and I will post to our Instagram and our newsletter. That would be amazing. And yeah, Escobar's is obviously yeah, such a kind of community center. And yeah, I've just always been passionate about, yeah, as you can probably tell by our whole conversation about the importance of the body. But mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like we do talk about it with regards to kind of yoga or Tai Chi, like it's kind of pretty obvious how we're bringing in mind body connection with those modalities. But you know, punching stuff is, is good too. And <laughs> <laughs> yes, like not to do yoga all the time and yeah I just love to introduce people to to kickboxing and it will definitely be yeah as you were saying it's like a trauma-informed class um if people are interested they can kind of yeah email me about any questions they have or to sign up if the listeners could see me throughout this entire answer here and talking about this I've just had such a smile on my face um and yeah if I was not now on the east coast I would be there with bells on but I'm there in spirits um but no, that's that's so exciting, and I think, yeah, being someone that just has trained in martial arts, um, it's it really is an incredible, incredible thing to engage yourself in. I think for anybody um, I don't know, who just has pent up energy, who has been through some things, who wants to learn self defense, it's just such a beautiful way to kind of learn that self-discipline um, because there's a lot that goes into that and it's not just body conditioning it's like conditioning your mind as well so I love that you guys are working together you're incorporating you know incredible concepts of trauma-informed therapy and at the same time like you beautifully put it punching stuff because sometimes that is <laughs> just the best feeling in the world <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, listeners, we are going to have all that stuff linked below as well. There's actually a page on Maddie's website that goes into those details. I'll have that linked out separate than her website. So you can go right there, find the information. Um, is there an age range to the class or is it kind of all ages? Anyone's welcome. Um, we've said 16 and up and then otherwise all ages if um, the participant is you know, 16 to 18, like under 18, a minor, we would just need a guardian to sign that informed consent. But otherwise, yeah, more than welcome to, to come. Perfect. And any listeners out there in the Tahoe area that are thinking like, oh, that sounds awesome. I'm going. Little pro tip, you do not need any shoes. Um, when you train martial arts, you're on the mats, you don't wear socks or shoes. So just thought I'd throw that out there now, um, just, you know, for everyone's sake. I feel like the times where I was back there, we had some open community classes. People were concerned about the footwear and coming in. We're like, well, you're going to take them off anyway. So, yeah, just thought I'd start them off on that foot. That's a good point as well. Like you don't, if you have hand wraps, if you're already a pro, like bring those along for sure or your gloves or whatever. But like otherwise we're going to make it work. Just wear something comfortable. Um, but yeah, you don't need anything special. It's a free class. So yeah, come and try it out. We'd love to, to meet everyone. Yeah. Absolutely. And that gym, they have a lot of, I'll call them loaners and rentals. I mean, you can just, yeah, get the gloves, everything while you're there. So as long as you got comfy clothes, you can, you can do it. Um, but yeah, super excited about that. But kind of coupling off that question, um, I just, I really love the approach of getting community partners involved, right? And things like this. Um, And I feel like there's a lot of people that are really interested in getting involved, providing support for fellow community members, and maybe just don't 
kind of recognize or understand like how they can do that. So Maddie, for the listeners out there and particularly business owners in the audience, can you share some ways that maybe they can support community members who are dealing with trauma or stress? Yeah, I think that's a great, that's a great question. Um, this might be kind of a sidestep, but I'd say like first and foremost, um, you know, we all need to kind of like take care of ourselves before we can like give back in a sustained way. So thinking about, yeah, your values as a business owner, your boundaries, mm-hmm. um, there's this idea of being kind of like the default nervous system in the room. So if you are a leader of a business or maybe you're a teacher or maybe you're a first responder or you're just, yeah, like in some way in the community and you have some kind of, yeah, leadership role or some kind of influence and power, like people are kind of looking to you to set the tone in a sense. And um, yeah, the more you can kind of just invest in yourself, I think has like an impact on, on other people and, then I just kind of talk about this idea and this is how I see being a therapist is like it's overwhelming to look at the whole world and all of the issues and all of the trauma and all of the suffering that's out there but if we can kind of dial down into our little kind of corner of the world and our little garden and sort of tend to that and you know just have that sort of impact on our little bit of the community I think that's a step in the right direction and I don't think it needs to be obviously doing these like classes with with me, you know, is one way to get involved. But also I think just being, you know, like a supportive human being, um, yeah. I think is, yeah, just like those person to person kind of uh, connections that people have. And um, yeah, maybe being there to listen, not kind of, yeah, being open, trying to like combat that stigma that is sometimes still there. Um, I would say is yeah definitely a starting point I think we all have our own kind of strengths and resources and influence and it's like how do you harness that rather than trying to yeah fit into a mold right absolutely and I think that's just a great sentiment for everybody right it's just reminding ourselves that Yes, it's important to take care of us. Now, when I'm out in the world, around people, running a business, working somewhere, or being a customer, whatever, you know, you are in that moment, it's just how we can, within our boundaries, um, just like show up for someone else if they need it. Just being mindful of how you're approaching individuals or the kind of questions that you ask. I mean, there really is, I think, so much that goes into it. And like you said, I think that's a great place to start is just being kind and reminding ourselves that, yeah, the impact we have on others, like it might not mean anything to us, this five minute conversation we have with a client or someone on the street, but it could be really impactful for that person. Um, So I love that. It's a very like low threshold level (laughs) to kind of start from. Yeah. And and Southlake is an interesting kind of place in the world because yeah, it is such a strong community um it's obviously such an incredibly stunning beautiful place but we're also an underserved rural mountain community with like socioeconomic imbalances and some tough like environmental issues that happen i'm talking about the fires right um yes extreme weather (laughs) there's a lot going on here um and there's a lot of people different communities blending together and different issues bumping up against each other. Um, And I guess I just say all that because I think Southlake still does a great job of kind of, yeah, pulling together as a community and 
seems like that is always something you can kind of lend a voice or a hand or some money to um, if you do want to support people. And I think supporting people's mental health, like their sort of physical <laughs> safety and, and um, security is like foundational to that as well. So um, yeah, you're still impacting it if you're like getting involved in those causes. It doesn't have to be mental health specific. Right. Oh, absolutely. And I'm really happy that you added that in. Um, Cause that's, yeah, absolutely the case, especially in places like Tahoe. So I think now is a very great time. We've been talking about therapy. We've been talking about different ways we can be mindful um, and heal ourselves. So with all of that being said, great time to transition into our little meditation for the day. If you are willing and available to take on the meditation at this time, I just encourage you to get cozy wherever you're at. Maybe take a seat. And what I want you to do is just start paying attention to your breath. We're not going to change it. Just want you to start paying attention to your inhales and your exhales. Is your breathing rapid? Is your breathing shallow? If you haven't already, go ahead and gently close your eyes or find a place in the room to stare at. Now I want you to start scanning and paying attention to your body. Are you holding tension anywhere? Start from the top of your head and scan all the way down to your toes. If you find any spot on your body is feeling tension or stress, I want you to visualize that you're breathing into that space. And on your next inhale, I want you to transition to our meditative breath. So breathing in through the nose and out through your mouth. Let your exhales sink your body a little bit deeper into your relaxation. If any thoughts come up, any worries, just let them pass by. Remember all that's important right now is breathing in and breathing out. Take a moment to thank your body for all it does for you every day. Now 
take a moment to thank yourself for engaging in this breath work and for taking this time to center, be mindful. On your next inhale, I want you to breathe in some positive energy. Exhale any anxiousness or stress. Same thing, this inhale, breathe in some positivity. Exhale anything you need to let go of. One last big breath in, fill your lungs. We're gonna hold it for three seconds. And out. And if you want to, you can pause here and stay in this breath work. If not, I invite you to kind of bring your body back into the room. You can turn back to your normal breathing, open your eyes, take any little stretch or movement, kind of wake yourself back up. And I hope all the listeners out there, my lovely guest and my co-host, enjoyed that little moment of zen. Oh, always so relaxing. Thank you, Lisa. Um Maddie, we are just so thankful, um, not only for this conversation, but for all the work that you're doing here in Tahoe um, to support trauma survivors and individuals who are dealing with chronic stress. Uh, before we close out today, we just want to know, do you have any last bits of advice, anything you would like to share with our listeners? I don't think anything uh, anything too major. It's been a great conversation. I've loved meeting both of you. And yeah, just if anyone is looking for a therapist i do have um some spots available for for local people in kind of in office and then yeah also via telehealth so yeah do reach out if you want to have a chat about that awesome thank you yeah and again listeners we're going to have everything linked below so you can get in contact with maddie you can find more information about the kickboxing class some book information her mom's art we're gonna have a lot of things down there so scope it out (laughs) They organized, yeah. <laughs> we, I, we try to be. But Maddie, again, um, thank you so much. Uh, I think, you know, we were so excited to have you today. It has been an absolute pleasure just having you here, meeting you, and getting to chat with you. Again, we'll have everything linked below. And just want to say thanks to all the listeners out there for tuning in. And we hope you'll join us for our next conversation.